Hello everybody and welcome to a crazy edition of the Sam's Report. Uh, late last night Microsoft dropped some bombshell news and there was not enough things going on this week. So Microsoft spiced it up a little bit by announcing another event. We'll get to that in a little bit here because that was at the bottom of the show notes and not exactly intentionally, but you know what, that's just kind of the way this week worked out. That's a little hot now that my furnace was, was on. Uh, but anyways, so here we go. I'm just going to kind of dive right in. Two things. Microsoft had an event this week. Uh, Microsoft has an event next week. And now there's a third thing. Microsoft has an event at the end of the month. Anyways, we're going to get the big stuff out of the way. Windows 10 build 1688 is out. Has numerous PDF features, uh, enhancements. I know everybody was waiting for that. They were like saying, hey, you know what? PDFs suck in Windows 10. Just kidding. Nobody really cares. But uh, I know some a lot of hard work went into that. And if Kyle's listening, I apologize for making fun of your hard work. But... We all know that next week Microsoft is hosting Build. There's going to be a lot of good stuff about the next iteration of Windows. And so these updates are going to be kind of like, meh. And I fully expect that the next uh, update next week will probably have a lot more stuff in it. I would imagine they're going to release one during Build. If not, the next Insider Build should be, I would imagine, going to have a lot more good stuff in it. You can go grab out, grab the Build now. You can go download it. Not a whole lot in it, but hey, it's there. And you can go grab it if you're in the fast ring. So next week, Microsoft is hosting its build conference in Seattle. I am going to be there. Paul will be there. Everybody's going to be there. This is their premier developer event. And so here we go. They posted up the session listing, which kind of gives us a little bit of insight about what Microsoft is going to talk about. It doesn't reveal everything, so don't take it. This, this is all-encompassing. I did a quick perusing of it, and not nothing too crazy, right? Uh, very clearly, Microsoft lays out the fact that they're going to talk about the UI changes in Redstone 3. They're having a couple different sessions on it. I plan to go to those. And so we're going to see a lot of Redstone 3 stuff showing up on stage. And I actually think that's taking place day two. Typically day one is the more fun keynote, but it looks like day one is going to be more enterprise stuff. And then um, day two is going to be more of the Windows stuff. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what I was getting the gist out of everything that looked like it was going to be announced. Uh, bots for Bing are coming, so it looks like there's going to be some sort of bots related to search engines uh, when you, with search queries and that kind of bot stuff. I don't quite know, but they're definitely doing stuff with bots and Bings. Cortana's skill set looks like it's going to be open up to more people, and there's likely going to be a whole lot more than that. I know that's a pretty short list, but the details are a little scamp in these descriptions of what they're talking about. And there's a lot of sessions that say, hey, we will talk more about this after the keynote, which means that Microsoft is going to announce some stuff, and then they'll be able to talk about it in the session listing. So those are always the type of sessions that you look for. But anyways, uh, so that's build next week. I'm curious. I don't, I don't know what the big surprises are going to be. It'll be interesting. But anyways, so earlier this week, and I can't believe it was already earlier this week. It feels like it was a lifetime ago, but I was in New York. Paul was in New York. Everybody was in New York. Uh, Microsoft held their education event. And so a lot of good stuff coming out of this. We saw how they're going to advance uh, coding and Minecraft, which I actually think is pretty neat. My, Minecraft has been one of those tool sets that Microsoft acquired that is what many people believe the next generation of coders, or at least some of them. And so they're, they're expanding on that evolution of that product by now allowing actually external code. And it, it's very limited in nature, don't get me wrong. But it now allows you to code in things that the little guy in Minecraft will do and automate some of that stuff. And it's just the next journey from saying, okay, here's the building blocks and here's how you can build stuff that will do automation inside of Minecraft. And that's just, again, how they're trying to build up that pathway to go from Minecraft to full stack developer. And so it's going to take a while, but that's, that's a pretty big thing. And it looked pretty neat. Uh, Intune for Education was also announced, which is just 
their update or their it reached general availability, I should say. And so that's management improvement. Uh, another thing, management of device improvement. Another thing they announced is this ability to take a USB key on a new piece of or old piece of hardware during the boot uh, or, or loading sequence, plug it in, Windows recognizes it, and then you can provision the machine off the USB drive. It sounds really neat until you have to do that seven, 800 times. And it, it seems a little monotonous at that time. And then they also talked about AR, VR headsets, that experience, Windows Holographic coming. But again, they're already telling us that these things are not coming until, I think, Q4, late fall, they said. So it's more than likely tied to Redstone 3. When that comes out, then this hardware will be there. Other things announced, Windows 10 S was announced, but this is called what we know as Windows 10 Cloud. It, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's Windows 10 Cloud. There's not a whole lot new. We, I, I think we kind of covered it pretty well. So UWP only. The, Microsoft's pitch with this stuff is that it's going to be, it's going to perform better. It's going to have better performance over the life cycle of the product because they say, and I do believe this, that Win32 can, uh, Win32 applications or legacy applications can get into the underlying components of Windows and they can, it can slow things down. Like, you know, when you boot up and then the little app launches and then it's got to do its garbage. And so Microsoft's, Doing what they do best, they compared Windows 10 S to Windows 10 Pro booting and showed that Windows 10 S was faster. But what they didn't show was it compared to like an iMac or a Chromebook. But they just say, hey, look, this is better than our old product. And so that's the kind of the pitch is that Windows 10 S is going to be better performing over its life cycle and it'll have faster boot than Windows 10 Pro. And because it only runs things from the store, it's much more, it, it should in theory be much more stable than a traditional Windows install because you don't have those older apps that have more privileges on the desktop. That's kind of it. So what does S stand for? They used a bunch of different words like simplicity, it's the soul of Windows, uh, it's safe, and all this other crap. It doesn't really have a meaning. It's kind of like Xbox One S. What does that S stand for? It doesn't really have a meaning. So it, it's just it's whatever you want it to be. Uh, a lot of people thought it meant store or school, but whatever, it, it, they don't officially say. And Microsoft is locking the search engine to Bing and locking the browser to Edge. Now they say you can run any any browser that's in the store. And so you, there technically are browsers that are in the store, but you can't change the default from Edge. And further, further, I believe that any browser that's in the store has to use uh, Microsoft's rendering engine. I may not be exactly right on that, but I think it's going to create a lot of trouble putting actually Chrome into the store, at least for right now. But anyways, so it's going to be locked to Bing and Edge. You can use Google, like you can navigate to google.com. Like it's not like that's blocked, but you can't change the default. So Microsoft is really locking everything in here for Windows and Microsoft. And people are going to complain and whatever. It's very similar to iOS, what they do. And take it or leave it. The nice thing is, is that if you buy a Windows 10 S piece of hardware, you can actually upgrade it to Windows 10 Pro. We we knew this. This isn't, again, big surprise. It'll cost you 49 bucks, but for up until uh, December 31st of this year, gosh, I got to eat a yawn. Oh, it's up late last night. Up until December 31st, you can actually upgrade for free. So if you buy this thing, you're like, oh, I got bamboozled because I bought a Windows 10 S device and I can't run my uh, older apps or whatever. 50 bucks after December 31st will get you that feature or before then it'll be free. Microsoft says it'll always be free for education. So if you're a student or whatever, you'll always be able to upgrade for free. And I think that's kind of their, their out for why this isn't Windows RT. It's like, look, if you buy this, blah, 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 you can upgrade. So I don't know. It's good. 
I'm I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I do what I do wonder is if Microsoft is ever going to get rid of the Windows 10 home SKU. It seems like they could do that. Windows 10 Windows 10 S is the baseline Windows SKU. If you need to run third-party stuff and have all those other features, then you jump to Pro. And if you're obviously going from Pro and then Enterprise, I could honestly see them getting rid of Home and replacing it with S over time. Now, what would they do with Home users? In theory, they could continue to support them. They could upgrade them all to Pro for free and say, look, fine, you can have this. More than likely, that doesn't matter. And then just completely get rid of that Home SKU. I could honestly see them doing that. When they will do that, I don't know. Or if they will do that, I don't know how much more maintenance it is, but it would kind of clear up some of the confusion about Windows 10 S because then you're just buying pure Windows and not Windows and older apps. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Uh, and this kind of comes to the coup de gras of the event. Uh, the, the Surface laptop, it is fantastic. There, there's, it's not perfect. Do not get me wrong. It is not perfect. First off, it starts at $999 and goes up to $2199. Like, you can spend $2200 on this thing, and it comes with Windows 10S. Can you imagine spending that much money and getting Windows 10S? I, I really wish that Microsoft would have done something like, uh, if you buy hardware and it's over $500, over $600, for the life of that device, you can update it to Pro at any time for free. I mean, they've already got, you're already in the, the premium category, but they didn't do that. But anyways, so it comes with Windows 10 S and they are great. My, my, my downfalls with this device are that it's one single USB port, not even type C, just one USB type A. And the reason why, like, this is kind of baffling to me is Microsoft is pitching this as a product that's going to last four years, four years. They say, buy it your freshman year, and when you graduate as a senior, it'll be fine. It'll still be a good machine. And I believe that from a performance capability, but in four years, I firmly believe USB Type-C is going to be the norm. Reason why I say that, I know people have been saying it's for a while, but it really is in everything now. All the OEMs are putting it in their machines. Apple has gone all USB Type-C, and Microsoft is the only one who did it with this machine. And so it's a little odd. It's a little odd that it didn't. And the fact that they even had prototype devices thanks to a leak, not even a leaked, a video they put out that showed they were contemplating putting two USB type C's and one type A in, and then they didn't. I don't know. Like it's it's a it's an interesting issue. And people are like, ah, oh, you can just put an adapter, but you know what? A USB type C port is extremely flexible with video and audio and all that stuff. And the type A just isn't quite there. So We'll see. The other question too is the material on the type or the the cover. How is that going to hold up? We don't really know. The type covers have it currently, and nobody's really complained about that. But uh, I think these things are going to get a lot more machine. I do firmly believe that this laptop, the Surface laptop, is going to be the best selling Surface device that they have. Uh, I, I firmly believe they're going to sell the most of these things because basically anybody who wanted a MacBook Air, they're going to cross shop it with this thing and this thing blows it out of the water, not only from looks, um, but performance and even battery life. Microsoft's getting 14 plus hours of battery life. That's really, really good. Mm -mm -mm. One thing I didn't look actually is if it had Windows Hello support. I would imagine it would. It's got to have Windows Hello support. I actually don't specifically remember checking of that. I need to look that up. I, Interesting. So anyways, Microsoft is positioning this as the Windows 10 Hero device. This is kind of the difference in the Surface lineup. Typically when they announced any Surface product like the Studio back there or the Surface Book, they're supposed to be category defining, right? The Surface laptop doesn't really do that, but it is the Hero device for... 
uh, Windows 10s. That's it. I'm trying to read the comments, and people are saying yes, it does have uh, uh, the Windows Solo camera. That's good. But anyways, the the laptop is the Hero device. That's kind of how Microsoft is pitching it. It's a little bit of a change, and so I don't know. Some people got kind of bent out of shape about that, that they thought that this thing should be different. I'm personally happy they just finally built a vanilla-looking laptop. Great battery life. Looks amazing. Honestly, the colors are great. Uh, the burgundy color is kind of my favorite. Cobalt blue is not bad. If you ordered a cobalt blue, you'll be extremely happy with it. But the burgundy is just kind of different, right? It's It's... It's nice, I think is the best way to describe it. It's just really nice looking. Super premium, feels really good. It just, it's a nice laptop. And the question is, is just a nice laptop enough or, or what? And I don't, I don't really, you know, that's up to you because the OEM partners like Dell and HP, they're building killer machines like the HP Spectre, uh, the XPS 13, which is, it's kind of hard to see sitting right there. They're, those are killer machines. And so now here comes Microsoft with another really good machine. I think the people who are going to suffer the most probably honestly isn't Apple. It's going to be the uh, OEMs that are going to suffer from this. I really do. <sighs> So anyways, anyways, gosh, we'll see. I, I don't know when I'm going to get my hands on one again. I did play with it. Actually, if you go watch the announcement, if you didn't watch it, it was very nice. The person sitting next to me was the one who got the, the quote unquote free, uh, free surface laptop. I will tell you this though. She did not get to take that model home. They came and took it back and they're going to send her one. I'll explain why right now, because Microsoft told us that every single one of those things that they had produced was on that show floor. Every single one that they had was produced and put there. Those things were those things were off an assembly line, but they were not finalized versions. I think they were like the, the pre-production models, and that's what they gave her was a pre-production model, and that's what we played with were pre-production models. And so this tells me a couple things. Originally, this event was supposed to be last month. I know that for a fact, and something tells me they've had some manufacturing issues or whatnot. But anyways, uh, every single model that they owned was there it's not like they had some in the back in case or whatnot no that was it and so when they gave that machine to her it's like they kind of wanted to take it back because they couldn't guarantee that it would it would uh <laughs> be as good as a production model not to mention they kind of like to keep those prototype devices a little bit close to home but anyways so if you go watch the video the person next to us got it and i freaked out and took a selfie like during the thing like an idiot but you know what it worked out pretty well and then of course as soon as the camera walked away like like i was sitting right next to her, paul and i were like like oodling over this thing and it's wonderful i would love to own one i can't really justify buying one myself because primarily what i do on these surface books now is video editing for one of these like behind the scenes video stuff and those machines aren't as good for video editing but yeah yeah i don't know i i i firmly believe this is going to be the best-selling surface that's not a question the question is are they going to how many are they going to sell and the Fortunately, Microsoft got the timing right of this thing. Typically, they launch these things in the fall. This is uh, squarely aimed at education and people going to college and that kind of stuff. And they need that stuff. They typically purchase that stuff in July and August. And so if they're, they're launching it, it'll be available June 15th if you pre-order it. And they got the timing right. I, I can't stress that enough because Microsoft typically screws that up. The only other kind of thing to keep in mind is that if you actually want a color, they're not $9.99. Nah, $9.99. It's uh, $12.99 for the colored, and they, they kind of, I, I don't know, it's a little odd about how the color make and models and all that stuff. Like, if you want the super high-end one, um, 
you can't you can only get it in the color it's like you can have it any color that we already pre-chose so if you want a burgundy core i7 it's not going to happen you can't do it at least not yet and then so somebody asked in the comments says brad well when does 10s make a surface 3 usable well i think the surface 3 is usable but i don't think you can actually i don't you're going to have trouble getting Windows 10 S to a Surface 3 because as of right now, Microsoft is not selling, at least that's what they told me, is that they're not selling Windows 10 S independently. You really, the only way to get it is through a new purchase. So if you want Windows 10 S, you have to go buy it. Now, I know there's going to be some caveats with that, that Microsoft may allow certain in institutions if they have 10 Pro to reflash and run with S. That's kind of a, a caveat. But for the average user, I don't believe you're going to be able to go buy it, at least not yet. And so if you go back and watch last week's show, I kind of gave some hints around like I, I was about to do some stuff. And actually, right, it was almost a week ago. Um, to the hour. I actually talked to Joe Belfiore before the event. They pre-briefed us on a lot of stuff, not on the hardware, and they allowed us to ask a lot of questions. And one of the things I wanted to know is like, are you going to go to Best Buy and buy Windows 10s? And they're like, yeah, you eventually will. Um, you will be able to do that. Like, And so you got to be careful when you're buying a lower end laptop coming up to make sure, just to make sure that um, you're getting the right and proper Windows stuff. So... So just keep that in mind. Mary Jo Foley just tweeted something here. I'm going to click on this link. And I don't know if Microsoft is actually announcing this or is this just the website? Da, 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 da. Yeah, okay. So anyway, so we're in agreement with what I'm about to say. So anyways, Office apps coming to the Windows Store and talked to Panos uh, at the event. Actually, so I talked to Panos about golf. I capitalized my time really well, but he said it calmed him down. Blah, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. I want to get down to it. I want to just jump to this. So Microsoft last night announced an event in Shanghai, like kind of out of the blue, but not really. And so if you guys watch this show and I really appreciate the people that do, if you go back to April 14th, the episode there, I told, I, I, I it's on record. I said there is going to be another surface event. I didn't have all the details at that time and people just kind of blew it off. And then this is aligning to exactly what I heard. And I didn't say it in that episode, but I heard that May 24th is when the refresh for this hardware is going to be announced or arrive or something like that. And so here we go. Like this event comes out and I was like, God, what the hell? There's an event in Shanghai. And then I was like, holy crap. I, I had this information uh, April 14th. Actually, I had a little bit before then. So Microsoft is holding an event in Shanghai. They aren't explicitly saying what is going on, but I am the firm belief that we're going to see an updated or refreshed Surface Pro. I'm not expecting anything crazy here. Uh, we've also seen go through the certification in China HoloLens. I suspect that Microsoft is going to announce HoloLens for China. They're going to have Surface Pro 4 or 5 or whatever it's going to be. And this is where they're going to do it. And so the question becomes, why Shanghai? And here's my theory behind this. First off, a, announcing HoloLens again for a new market, not a big deal unless it's for your market. So that's kind of a big deal for China. A Surface Pro refresh is not an event-worthy thing, right? Microsoft's not going to say, come to New York again. We're going to refresh the Surface Pro with just updated silicon. But one of the things, Microsoft is working very hard to get into China because China is a massive economy. It's a huge economy. And so what better way to show China that they care about them than announcing a refresh to one of their premier products in that country? 
And so I think that's why they're doing it this way. They're going to go to China and say, look, we're, we love you guys. Here's the latest and updated Surface Pro. We're announcing in your country because we believe in you. Knowing that behind the scenes, it's like, okay, they do most of their big new product announcements like the Surface laptop in the US, but they're throwing China a bone here. And I think that's I think that's the logic. We know it's a Surface event because Panos has tweeted that he is going. Um, everything that I have heard is that it, this is where the refresh is going to happen. I kind of kick in myself now for not really drilling into that tip that I got previously, but just go watch the episode. It's like six minutes in. And I know that's really egotistical, but when I tweeted that, I, I tweeted last night that I figured this is a service for a refresh. Some people are like, you're lying. You never had that tip. And it's like, yeah, I do. I don't like, I don't just dick around for the hell of it. And so that is what I think is going to happen there. Are they going to have any other surprises? Now, Surface Book 2 is the next big question. Um, I don't, I don't know about Surface Book 2. That would seem very odd. Mostly, mostly because the performance base, well, that one's back there. Well, I can't, man, this is tougher than, it's harder than you think to work in reverse. That one back there is not the the performance base. That's upstairs because I was doing stuff. Um, yeah, anyways. So they just announced the performance base going to Europe. It'd be, it'd be kind of funny. Like, here, hey, Europe, here's your performance base. Oh, by the way, the next generation's already coming out. Um, I don't, I'm not seeing that. Uh, Chris in the comments says, hey, Brad, are you going? At this time, I am not going. We'll, we'll see if we get this figured out. Let me explain why. Um, don't get me wrong. It would make a great video of Paul and I traveling to China. But this week I was in New York. Next week I am in... Uh, Seattle for the whole, almost the whole week. The week after that, I'm in New Orleans for almost the entire week. And then I have that week downtime and then I'm going on vacation and then I come back for a week and then I go to Amsterdam. And so if the putting a massive trip to China, not to mention it's expensive. Uh, I was I actually did look up plane tickets. It's about 1500 bucks to get there. So if you guys want to start up a GoFundMe and, and chunk together, let's see, we probably need 4,500 bucks to do that. Ugh. Um, my travel budget's pretty close to being tapped by <laughs> what Microsoft has already done to us this month. But so logistically, it's like 4,500 bucks to get two of us there. Now, would it make a great video and, and all that good stuff? Absolutely. But, um, I, I would love to go, but at the same time, I'm going to be on a plane so much that sitting on a plane and it, quite literally for me to get to China, it's 22 and a half hours of flying. It's a lot of flying. <laughs> it's a lot of flying. I, I'm optimistic that it's going to be a great event. And I tried to poke Microsoft like really hard. I'm like, hey, is this like actually worth going to? Like, should I, you know, should I ring the boss man up? And be like, look, we need to go to this. And they didn't come back like with a super strong like, yeah. And let me explain. I have asked them before when Microsoft didn't, when Microsoft was doing uh, the Teams event, there were actually three events. When the, there was a Surface Studio event, there was the Office Teams event, and then there was another developer event. Three weeks back-to-back in October. And I said, Microsoft, what do I need to go to? And they explicitly told me what's good. And when I asked that same question here, they weren't as like overwhelmingly like, yeah, you really need to be there for this. And so I'm not completely writing it off that we're not, or that we're not going but I, I'm leaning towards, I don't know if I want, that's just a, that's just a really long flight, um, and a lot of travel, but I'm, I'm excited about it though, because this is, this is different, right? When things happen in science, um, like in the chemistry world and in science, which I love that kind of stuff, like the best friend, the best saying in, in the laboratory is that's odd. 
because you get a, a result that's not expected, right? We don't expect Microsoft to do this type of thing. And so that they're doing it kind of piques your interest. And that's P-I-Q-U-E, not P-E-A key. Uh, uh, P-E-A-K. So it kind of piques your interest when they do things outside of the norm. So it's like, huh, that's kind of interesting because that means there's new things going on. They're changing up the dynamics and I'm excited about it. Do not get me wrong. I am pumped about this. I'm Panos pumped. I am a little saddened that I think it kind of takes away some of the muster of build next week. And it also kind of highlights that, hey, whatever they're announcing in China uh, can't be really technical related because they would announce that stuff at build. It'd be really odd for them to go to China and say, hey, we're bringing .NET to Linux or something like that. Like that's not the type of thing they would announce there. So I think it's going to be HoloLens. I think it's going to be Surface Refresh. And that's what I'm counting on. That is happening in China It'll be fun. What's going to be really freaking awkward, and I'm going to be watching very close, what will be hard, is if this thing comes out with USB Type-C, can you imagine that? Like, can can you imagine? Uh, now, we I don't believe it's going to get rid of the Blade Connect charger if it's just a true refresh, some of the stuff that I've seen. But can you imagine, even if it just has a USB Type-C port in general, just not for charging, just in general, it's like, hey, look, we, re we released a Surface laptop. It doesn't need Type-C. Here's the Surface Pro 4 or 5. It's got Type-C. That would be... That would be very interesting and awkward. But, uh... We will find out. We will find out. We will find out. And so, uh, one other thing I want to throw out here is, obviously, the Surface Pro was not announced this week at the education event. Um, and I, I saw a couple of these tweets go out on Twitter, and I'm not going to call anybody out personally, but you can maybe dig it up yourself if you really care. Some people were saying, got like real pompous about saying, hey, there's going to be no Surface Pro at this event. And then the event happened and people were like, we told you there wasn't going to be a Surface Pro. Uh, let me explain to you, when Microsoft called us, and so what happens with some of these invites when they go out, Microsoft will call and say, hey, look, there's going to be a big announcement. Here you go. Uh, they specifically told us there was no Surface Pro at that event. So it's not like somebody had a scoop and said, haha, I told you Surface Pro wasn't. Microsoft literally called and said, hey, Brad, there's no Surface Pro at this event. Please don't write that. That's what they said. And yeah, so, so like people who did that really annoyed me and I thought about calling them out, but you know, it's, I'll just call them out anonymously, but you can probably figure out who they are. Um, anyways, anyways, a lot of good questions this week. And so we're going to dive right in because I've been rambling. Uh, Michael Martinez, who shout out to Michael Martinez. He actually created the question thread for this week. I was running late and he, he got my back. Appreciate that. He says, if I recall correctly, there was a build leading up to the creators update where users were unable to install base apps such as Xbox Groove, Alarm Clock and all that. This seems to have disappeared, which I can relate to. Yeah. Uh, really it's a creators update. This feature seems like it must, like a must have for Windows 10 S, especially in the education sector. So here's, here's what I don't know. Uh, but here's what um, here's what I believe. So Windows 10 S is going to be, a, for the education sector, is likely going to be provisioned through a tool like Intune, uh, where they're going to have a significant mobile device management where they can provision. I bet that they can limit those applications from being installed. Uh, I, I, would, I would bet that. So um, as Tony just asking the question, I'm like bouncing back and forth, a little bit tough to do. He says, are you covering E3? Will I be covering E3? Yes. Am I going to E3? I'm registered at this time. I haven't decided if I'm going to go out there yet. Scorpio is awesome and I'm buying one. Don't get, somebody asked earlier if I was going to buy a Scorpio. Yes. Hell yes. I'm buying a Scorpio. Um, I mean, I've got this thing right here. This, I play Xbox almost every day. So I will be buying a Scorpio day one, even if Microsoft isn't sending me one, which they, they probably will. But uh, anyways, I'm buying one. The question is, am I going to go to E3? So I, 
again, this would be this would be the nightmare scenario. Like I could go from build to New Orleans to China to vacation to E3 to Amsterdam. <laughs> like I love traveling, but I don't love traveling that much. So I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided yet if I'm gonna go. Uh, we did have it initially on our agenda until until some other things came up. So, but anyways, I do believe that Microsoft will allow Xbox to be removed on Windows 10 S. So, anyways, uh, you people with your crazy names. So, HRLNGRV says, if you on Windows 10 S, does it come with the usual desktop applets, notepad, font viewer, file explorer, media player, and print configuration? So, yes and sort of. So, Microsoft really locks this down. Like, there's no console. Like, you can't run the command prompt. There's no PowerShell. I, you can't get to the registry editor, mostly because that's how you get around some of these blocks. But I believe it does have all the classic applications that typically come with Windows. Uh, for personally owned machines, does it include administrator accounts? I didn't check that. I didn't. Microsoft let us play with this stuff, but I believe you can create an admin account. But again, it's going to be an admin type lockdown. Uh, it's not going to be a super powerful admin account. And says there's no way to change the edge as default HTML viewer, but can you set something out as default PDF viewer? So that's it. Honestly, these are great questions. And until Microsoft sends me a final version, I have a version that runs in a VM, but Microsoft told me that some of the stuff that we have is a little bit different than what they have. So there you go. Habsfan asks, says, Brad, how do you think the EU and maybe other jurisdictions will react to Windows 10S when they find out you can only use Edge as the browser? They don't tend to like when companies like Microsoft prohibit the mass uh, from competitions using their product. I honestly don't think the EU is going to care. And here's why. We are no longer in a Windows-only world. iOS and Android are very comparable to Windows. Microsoft is not in any monopolistic position anymore. And sure, you could say that with Windows 10S that they're forcing that. But at the same time, Edge is so rarely used. Uh, it, it's a very small market share to comparable products, say like Chrome. So I'm not too worried about that. I don't think Microsoft is worried about that. The um, <laughs> they're not, even though they are prohibiting, I think there's a bigger case that Apple is probably prohibiting third-party browsers is a bigger case than Microsoft doing it in Windows 10S. Because on an iPhone, you can't change the default browser. It has to be Apple. So I'm not too worried about it. I don't think Microsoft is worried about it. They've gotten through that hurdle and Windows is no longer the threat to, and I shouldn't say it's not a threat, but it's no longer limiting the capabilities of other companies. There are now viable options in other arenas. So, CBAS722 uh, asks, so what is the difference of the OS at the software levels between Windows 10 S and a pure clean image of Windows 10 Pro? I understand Windows 10 S only run apps from the store, but let's say I chose to install an application on a Windows 10 Pro machine only through the Windows Store. So this is a very good question, and to be honest, not a lot. There really is not. And I ask this because what would make sense is if Windows 10 S had a smaller install footprint, right? Imagine Windows 10 Pro is 15 gigs, and Windows 10 S was only 8 gigs or something like that. That would have been nice. But Windows 10 S is full Windows underneath. It runs Windows Holographic. It supports Azure Active Directory. Um, it doesn't support local Active Directory, so keep that in mind. And it's designed to be tied into Office 365. So really the biggest difference under the hood is that there's just a software limitation on running classic apps. And I guarantee that there will be somebody like Raf or somebody else who will find a way to unlock Windows 10 S and run these apps. It's only a matter of time and it's going to be a cat and mouse game. But um, yeah, so there's really not a lot. And I, I 
don't say that lightly. Uh, the only thing I don't know is I we didn't look to see if Internet Explorer was still in there. And so I'd actually be curious. Uh, Silver47 says, now that Microsoft has made a version of Windows that won't install Win32 apps, how long do you think it'll be before they start uh, rooting through the code and gutting out any older backwards cap capability components that they don't need? So I don't know. I honestly thought they would have done that by now, but something tells me that you can't just go and rip those things out very easily. Because you got to remember, Windows has been around for 20 plus years, and that stuff has been baked in from day one. So just to go and gut that from the OS, I honestly think is going to be a significant challenge. So uh, let's see. Tourniquet asks, us, hey, Brad, do you have any more infos on about feature two Windows 10 mobile? No, that's that's a, a road. Um, so he's relating to a tweet that Donna said, some enterprise focus work with HP. Here's what I honestly believe that means is that HP has sold some of these things in the enterprise into that. And they're probably building out some customized stuff for HP because at their request, mostly because HP is a key partner and invested a lot of money in the elite X three. And so that is my guess. I don't think there's anything major coming from that. And then he said, he also read that seashell will be developed for windows 10 mobile. So is that still coming? I don't know. Um, I mean, is it possible seashell is coming to it? Certainly, but I honestly think that Seashell is coming to devices with four and five inch screens more so than mobile would be my interpretation of some of the stuff that I have seen, mostly because Microsoft has already said, hey, we're not going to build a phone unless it's completely different or new and a small mobile device. So that's that's really it. Uh, Jay Grabiner asks, I've seen a lot of comments about Windows 10 S not really being for power users, such as developers, uh, graphic artists, etc. At the same time, Paul and others have been making the case that Windows 10 S should represent the future of Windows with the goal of eventually deprecating Windows 32. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on what the long-term path looks like. So, yes and no. I, I, I agree that Windows 10 S is not for power users because you can't run old applications. You can't run the best of the Adobe Creative Suite yet through the store. Now granted that might be changing because I believe Adobe is coming to build, but not yet. And so it's gonna be a very long path to make Windows 10 S the power users thing because you have things like Visual Studio that need to get in there, uh, AutoCAD, uh, heavy other like photo, like proper full Photoshop, um, Adobe Premiere Pro, like all that stuff has to be in the Windows Store for what to start to attract those power users. And then there's probably umpteen other millions of applications. For example, uh, ShareX, what I use for screenshots isn't in the store. So I consider myself a power user and I need that in the store. Could it get there? Eventually, yes. Is it for day one power users? Absolutely not. But it all goes back to if the Windows Store can eventually get to a point where it's not a steaming pile of garbage with uh, like 30 different guides on how to use Chrome that are all charging two bucks that are disguising themselves as the Chrome browser, then yeah, it could get there. But it's going to be, it's going to take some time and it has, to, I don't know how much more time Microsoft is going to give it, but they are obviously not giving up on UWP and they're still pushing developers that way. Uh, Mr. PKI asks, he says, what are the top apps that distract education users away from Windows 10 S, Chrome, and Steam client? So here, I'm, there are certainly apps like Chrome very well could be one, but here's, here's my bigger thing 
with this Windows 10S stuff in Chromebooks and Apple and iPad. So here's the scenario, right? You have a school that is not running Windows. They're running Chromebooks, they're running iPads. And so an IT administrator or somebody has to make the pitch to management uh, or the Board of Education says, hey, we're gonna switch from Chromebooks or iPads to Windows, right? That's what has to happen. And that's a very tough pitch these days. And the reason why is they have to show that when they get to Windows, there's gonna be exponential benefit for that reinvestment of hardware. Now granted, I know schools buy stuff all the time and they could go through a hybrid world where they have some Chromebooks and some Windows and they could do it over time. I totally get that. But that person has to be able to put their head on the line and say, look, we will be better off as a school by running Windows. We will be more efficient, we'll be more cost effective. And somebody has to go out there and actually say that. Now, if you're already running Windows, sure, it's an easy move. That's not the, that's not the question. It's for the schools that have already left Windows. That's, that's the tough question that Microsoft has to prove is how they're going to save money. Because education uh, typically doesn't have lots of money. Nobody likes to spend money they don't need. And if you're already running Chromebooks or iPads and they work, what is going to make switching to Windows make it work better? And so is it apps that are coming out? Is it better management? Microsoft showed some of that stuff, but I was looking and I know other people were too looking at the, the justification from a value, a, a true monetary perspective, that that is what's the distraction in education is tying that stuff up. Because the nice thing about a Chromebook, they have a feature, I believe it's called Power Wash. You can wipe and reset that thing really quick. Windows is closed, but not quite as good. And again, it's all going to come down to economics and doing this stuff efficiently. So that's that's the bigger distraction of you know, which IT pros are going to put their head on line and say, we need to go back to Windows because it'll make our lives easier. Lind, Lynn Hartston asks, he says, what are your thoughts whether third parties such as Opera, Firefox, and Google will attempt to get their browsers in the Windows 10 store? Do you think the current era, uh, Microsoft would change their store rules and possibly work with them? Do I think Microsoft would work with Google to get the Chrome browser into the store? I absolutely do think they would. I honestly would because they would be nuts not to. They really would. They'd be nuts not to allow this stuff into the store. The question is, is Google going to put stuff into the store? This is a chicken and egg problem. Microsoft has created the egg. They are trying to get as many people into that store. When those browsers will come into the store will be when the tipping point occurs that they start seeing that they are losing market share or losing users because they are running Windows 10 S. If Windows 10 S becomes a success, which has a very high barrier to, to achieve, then you will see that happen. It's not going to be like Google's going to be super proactive about this and anything else. And I agree with Michael Martinez in the, in the chat room. He says, I could see Opera in the store before Firefox and Chrome. I could see that as well too. Opera has been a little bit more bold about trying to gain market share and I could see them trying to do that. So is it going to happen overnight? No, but um, Windows 10 S has to become popular enough that it starts impacting the growth success of these other browsers. And that's when you'll see them. They're very much in a reactionary mode rather than a proactive mode by all accounts. JLV 632, he says, recently I thought that it might be time to remove my old Xbox 360 out of my main living room since I have my Xbox One, but I couldn't. I used the movies and TV app, which is killer feature that I use with the Xbox One and that I use, which the Xbox One doesn't. The ability to watch movies can be downloaded for offline playback. 
Any reason why this is the case that Xbox One can't do this? So we've talked about this. Paul and I have tried to justify this a long time, and we have yet to figure out why. Microsoft has a very poor ecosystem when it comes to using their movies and uh, music stuff. The streaming stuff is not great outside of their apps. For example, what he's talking about is offline viewing. For if your internet goes down, you can't download this stuff onto your Xbox One S. You could, I believe he's saying on the Xbox 360. It's been a long time. I don't know why Microsoft has been so dense about this. I can't imagine it's the rights to that because you can do it with Apple. You can do it with all the other services. I don't know. I, I don't know why you can't download your Xbox and TV shows for offline use on the Xbox One S. I wish I had a better question for you. This is one of those very perplexing things about Microsoft that we don't just understand why. Uh, Figax says, do you think they will show some preview of Cortana devices at build? They have sessions for Cortana skills that I think would be pretty lame to use for PC for demos. So I think you answered your own question. I don't see them announcing new hardware here. I guess it's possible they could show off hardware because we've seen some hints about uh, the invoke from Harman Kardon showing up in Redstone 3 stuff. So it's possible they might show it off. And they might show it off in these demos, but I don't know if they're going to announce any new hardware. They typically don't announce new hardware at build, per my recollection. It's it's very much developer-focused, so it's software and services as opposed to hardware. Not to mention, they're already having a hardware event uh, later in the month in May, and they have one earlier in the month in New York City. Uh, Usman asks, why is Paul not verified on Twitter? It's because he doesn't care. He's never applied for it. Um, literally doesn't do anything for you, but you know, you just, you have to apply and get accepted and for whatever, uh, he just never did. He just doesn't really care. Secondly, does Microsoft not understand how utterly buggy edges, even in the creators update, do they want to frustrate their users with windows 10 S yeah, windows 10 S or uh, edge is a lot better in the creators update, but again, it's a very long and slow road to get there. It's like the road to UWP maturity, but it's even worse for edge. It seems or I should say Edge is maturing faster, but it's, I don't know, it's just frustrating. And he says, I'm not talking about the rendering of pages, more about the shell that goes around the browser. It tends to crash, lock up, and doesn't open. I don't know. I haven't heard too much of people saying it crashes on them. So that's interesting. It might, I don't know if that's a local issue. I hate to say it that way. But I haven't had too many problems with Edge crashing. There's really just a lack of features in Edge that's keeping me away. So... Uh, BDS Rev asks, Brad, last week there was, and maybe there's still some concern that Microsoft doesn't want to be a big hardware player with the surface, with the surface. And then they want to release products like the surface studio. Uh, I personally don't fear after seeing the surface laptop release, but do you know what Microsoft's purpose is with the surface? So I th- believe you're referring to Peter Bright's article. He wrote over at Ars Technica and I, Paul and I both gave him some shit about this, uh, in New York city where he was thinking that. Microsoft didn't really care too much about the Surface line. I Microsoft cares very much about the Surface line. It's not easy for a company to build up a billion-dollar revenue business like Microsoft has done, and so they are nurturing it, and they are going to continue to grow it. The Surface has kind of been an outlier for Microsoft, don't get me wrong, because you, you look at things like the band that wasn't a billion-dollar business. Uh, you look at the Lumia phones, not a good business. So they've had some very, very mixed success in the hardware. They've got good luck with their... Uh, Surface hubs, is that what they're called? Yeah, the hubs on the wall. And yeah. 
So they're not giving up on the Surface hardware. We, we know that for a fact. The question is, will they ever build a mobile device? That's going to be taking a long time. But I would not worry about the longevity of the Surface brand. It is here to stay from everything that I know. Uh, fun fact about the Surface stuff that I did learn is that the Pro 3 was the make or break moment for it. And I, we know that it sold well. But what Microsoft, when Nadella took over, he told that hardware team, he said, hey, uh, if the Pro 3 is not a success, we're killing the Surface brand. Like that's that's to the level it was. So the Pro 3 had to sell well, thankfully it did, and it survived to this day, but that the Pro 3 was the make or break for that, that brand. Merlin E, he says, can you purchase Windows 10S for existing hardware? Not to my understanding. That's what Joe told me. Granted, that may change, and Microsoft will flip-flop on this probably 10 times, and says, can you dual boot Windows 10S with another version? That's a really good question. I won't know until I probably get a Surface laptop or something that comes with it. That, that's actually a really good question. Really good question. Poncilius asks, Chromebooks are just a browser on a laptop. Is Windows 10 S just a browser on a laptop you don't want to use? Um, kind of. <laughs> I mean, Edge isn't great. Edge will be fine for the basic user for in that scenario, but Chrome works because it's just thin and light and it's easy to reset. Windows 10 S isn't so thin, isn't so light when I'm talking about infrastructure of the operating system. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to remain optimistic on Windows 10 S there's just a lot of challenges that Microsoft has to overcome and they're not easy challenges. So let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, Microsoft has a very long and a very hard task of educating the user because here's what's going to happen. You know, somebody's going to spend 1300 bucks on a Windows 10 S laptop or heaven forbid 2200 bucks and they're going to get it. And they're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't run old apps on this. Why did I just spend so much money for this awesome hardware, but I can't do it. So I'm looking to see if, my, how, if Microsoft's going to do some sort of education campaign or talk about it or what their true strategy is about educating the users about the value and the proposition of Windows 10 S. They, they have to do something. And if they just sit quietly, that makes me even more nervous. They haven't explicitly said what they are or aren't doing. I intend to hopefully hear something next week, but they better not be like, well, we you know we're just going to offer free upgrade through the end of the year and that should be it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do worry about the education aspect. So uh, last question comes from ENS. He says, will we ever see progression in live tiles? Uh, look for next week. I don't know if we're going to see anything next week or not, like the exploding live tiles that they had on the phone. I don't know. Microsoft has been pretty quiet about live tiles. Um, they did announce some stuff like Ignite that's coming, or that did come, the chaseable live tiles. I can't, there we go. It took forever for my start menu to open. But I don't know. Um, next week, there's a lot of sessions on UI and XAML features coming to Windows 10 Redstone 3. I hope we are going to see a lot, a lot of UI stuff. I know people love UI stuff. I personally do too, but I'm more interested in sort of the underlying components, more security stuff, because UI is just, I don't know, polish at this point. And I personally don't think Windows 10 looks bad. I really don't. I think it looks great. I, I like the OS. I really do. Um, I, I don't want it to ever come across that I don't like Windows 10s. Or Windows 10. I do like Windows 10 S, but I do like Windows 10 proper. When I complain about it, it's I complain because I care, and hopefully it'll get things fixed. So this has been a pretty crazy episode of the show. One of the longer ones, actually. And so Shanghai is going to be very, very interesting. I, this thing is just so perplexing to me because it's outside of the norm. And so kind of the, the, 
the, the tip of the week here is next week is going to have a lot of stuff. There's going to be a ton of stuff announced, especially around Redstone 3 and all that. And Microsoft isn't able always able to communicate everything on stage. There's going to be sessions and they will eventually post those sessions online. Be, you know, if you're interested in this stuff, go watch it because there's going to be announcements that are in these sessions that don't get covered by Paul and I because there's just so many or we can't find them or we weren't there or we went to a different session. And so be on the lookout for those minute announcements, especially with, uh, and the people who listen to this have this show have really good eyes for what Microsoft is changing in Windows. And so I'm going to be looking for all that stuff. I'm obviously going to be chasing down every session I can find that has that kind of um, updates to Redstone 3. And yeah, so... That's that's my tip of the week. Be willing to watch that stuff. If you're going to build, we're having a meetup Thursday night. Definitely, you know, let me know you're coming. You can hang out, have some beers, have some good time, and uh, screw around. So with that, guys, we're going to wrap it up today. I'm pumped about the end of the month. You should be too. We're how many weeks away? What is it? It's the 23rd? 23rd. So it's two weeks from Tuesday. So we're, that's 14, 15, 16, like 17 days. 17 days. Oh, that will be, that'll be fun. That will be fun. All right, guys, everybody have an excellent weekend. It's raining here. Unfortunately, I can't play my golf, but uh, everybody have a great weekend. I will catch you right back here next time. And thanks for watching.